0: Good morning everybody. Uh, it is good to be with you all together today and um, yeah, just uh, enjoy this time of Thanksgiving and, uh, and I'm aware that it is a busy time of year for many people uh, and uh, it's something about being in the southern hemisphere that we have Christmas and end of year and everything all backed into one. So I do know it's a busy time of year. Uh, over the next uh, four weeks in the lead up to Christmas we're going to be looking at Uh, Four passages from the opening 12 uh, chapters of the book of Isaiah. And one of the images that is uh, quite uh, prominent in this section of uh, Isaiah is the image of light and darkness. Uh, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Um, There's the favourite Christmas carol that uh, many people uh, love, O Holy Night. The line, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Uh, The message of Christmas should be a time of rejoicing, a thrill of hope, a relief for the weary. Yet for many people, the idea of Christmas or the Christmas season can be exhausting, stressful, full of busyness. It's almost like after Christmas is over, then we can rest. (laughs) Christmas itself seems to give us a lot of busyness, doesn't it? Uh, And I think for us to feel the thrill of hope a Christmas time, for the weary among us to rejoice at the message of Christmas, for us to appreciate when it comes around as we go into this season, for us to appreciate how new and glorious uh, is the light of the good news of Jesus, we'll also have to come to terms a little bit with the reality of the darkness as well. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at the prophet Isaiah and what he has to teach us about the darkness of the world we live in. And also the coming of Jesus into the world and how that is such a magnificent, glorious light. And for the groups who would like to follow along, we've got a few bonus uh, Bible studies that will be available on the website as of today. Uh, Three studies uh, looking at at some of the passages. Yet, as you probably noticed, today's service is a little different. Uh, We are pausing to give thanks for the year that has been uh, and think a little bit about the year ahead. And, and part of that pause means that today is going to be uh, different to what we do on regular Sundays. And so uh, this little time we've got now is really more of a teaser trailer for the Isaiah series over the next month rather than, let's say, an introduction to it. And those who might be familiar with our normal teaching practice where we have, you know, we go through verse by verse, this is going to be a little bit more of a sermonette, a uh, mini-reflection. A uh, sermonette, I think that might be the right word, the technical word, sermonette. Uh, We're going to uh, spend a few moments uh, thinking about those five verses from chapter 2 of Isaiah and particularly zooming in on that final verse, verse 5. Come and let us walk in the Lord's light. And that's what I'd love for us to be our theme for today. And as we look back on the year that has been and then think about what is ahead of us, perhaps this could even be the theme for our year ahead Come, let us walk in the Lord's light. These verses are part of a prophecy that concerns Judah and Jerusalem in the last days. It's a description of Jerusalem uh, very different to the physical Jerusalem uh, that was in the Scriptures and certainly very different to the city of Jerusalem that exists today. It's a description of Jerusalem in the last days and you can see by the description It's a description of where God is dwelling, where the centre of God's people from all nations are kind of magnetised towards. And Jesus uh, addresses a particular question from a Samaritan woman uh, in John's Gospel about where this place is. There's a bit of confusion, and Jesus says this in John chapter 4. Believe me, a time is coming when you'll worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. A time is coming and has now come When the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in the truth. And what we've been doing this year is we've looked at passages like Ephesians and, and other parts of the Bible, we've seen that for God's people, the place of true worship, the foundation, the cornerstone for God's people, the church, the true light of the world is Jesus. And we're thinking about what it means to hear this call in light of Jesus, the light of the world. Come and let us walk in the Lord's light. Now why I think a really good verse for us to ponder today, because if we break it down, I think we can learn something from each clause. Let us walk in the Lord's light. Let us walk in the Lord's light. We're going to start backwards. So in the Lord's light, let's think about that for a moment. It's an invitation For God's people, for the original audience, we see that it was the people of Israel, the house of Jacob. It's an invitation not to go to a location, but to walk in the light we have already been given. Earlier in the chapter, in verse 3, we see many people will come and say, "'Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord.'" So the passage we have before us reflects two invitations. "'If you are not in the light, come to the light, come to the mountain.'" Come to Jesus. If you are in the light, it's an invitation for God's people to walk in the light they have been given. So imagine you are in the bush at night without a torch, right? Now, there's someone in my home group who likes to go walking in the local bush at night without, well, he does walk with a torch, but I won't embarrass him but you can ask who who that might be afterwards, and he might give permission for me to share that story. But imagine you're walking in the bush at night without a torch. There are two different kind of contexts that you might find yourself in without a torch. You could be lost in the bush, right? You could be out there, and your torch battery's gone flat. You're out there, and uh, you've been there for hours, and it's pitch black, and there's darkness all around and if you're out there without a torch in that darkness, and then suddenly you see a group of bushwalkers kind of going through with head torches on and stuff like that, what would you do? You'd go towards the light, wouldn't you? You wouldn't sort of scrounge around and find the path, you'd go, right, I've got to get to the light. Now, another situation you could be in when you're in the bush without a torch would be you could be in a group of people where there's a guide who's got a head torch and light in the way. What would you do then? You would not necessarily just follow the path you'd remain in the light wouldn't you that's what you do you wouldn't try to find your own way in the dark you'd stay in the light jesus is described in the new testament as the light of the world in fact he describes his death a bit like the verses in today's passage in john chapter 12 he says now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of, this world will be, prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Sound familiar? See that kind of, that kind of uh, imagery there? A little bit like the nations coming to the mountain of the Lord. What has been so encouraging and why I'm so thankful over these last 12 months have been hearing about... Uh, and watching people actually be drawn to Jesus from darkness to to light. And I won't embarrass him too much, but I've enjoyed getting to know Ben, who's given me permission to share a little bit about his story. We might hear a bit more later on. Ben, who I first met as our amazing gardener, so he, um, and that's quite embarrassing that we would need a garden, but we thought, you know, we weren't keeping up with the amazing garden. So we got Ben out, and he does some amazing work and, uh, and, I, and I believe he was offered a coffee by Peter Routh on that day and he, and he was sharing that he started coming uh, to St Mark's with his family a little bit more regularly this year. He went along to the Alpha course and he joined us uh, for breakfast and Bible on Thursday mornings and then uh, we had a meeting a few weeks ago and, and we'd finished up, I mean we always try to finish punctually at, at, and, and we'd, we'd prayed and we finished and he said, oh I've just got a bit of news to share that I was born again last week. So you left that till now? <laughs> right? And he, he, he went up away on holidays and was baptised by a long-term Christian friend who had been praying for him for his life, and it's just been such a blessing. So I don't want to embarrass him too much, but yeah. Praise the Lord, hey? Praise the Lord. As a church community this year, we've seen people drawn to the light uh, out of darkness We've seen as we've looked at the letter of Ephesians what it means to have every spiritual blessing in Christ to live and to walk in that light. We have a rich history in this suburb as Steve was sharing earlier. A very rich history of God gathering people who love Jesus, love his word and seek to have this light of the Lord the centre of everything it's just so encouraging and we just give thanks to it we really do we give thanks to God for it the second thing to ponder I think is the word walk working backwards let us walk in the Lord's light our most recent series in James oh it's back up again where you go there you go our most recent series we've been thinking about how we're not uh, saved by our works But a genuine trust in Jesus will show itself in a different kind of walk. A faith in action is often how we speak about it. We're called not to simply be hearers of the word but doers of it in light of what God has done for us. And again, one of the things I'm particularly thankful at St Mark's is seeing so many different ways this has been happening. Countless examples of practical care, Countless, literally, count. I just tried to count them the other day. So many meals that have been made, funds that have been raised. Are Gary and Marg Adams here? No, they're not, because I think they're probably doing disaster relief somewhere. <laughs> with some, They are, there you go. So, you know, the amount of people who... Had, and I can't keep track of the organisations that people have got connections with, to caring for others in need, Samaritan's Purse, a whole bunch of other ones where people are just practically reaching out with that desire, not because they think they're going to be in God's good books, but because they love people and they've been changed by the gospel. I've seen people uh, seek to address and and get some serious help with some long-term destructive habits. It's been the kind of thing you don't share, obviously, in this kind of forum, forum, but when you hear about people who are wrestling with some long-term deep destructive habits... Only the power of God's Holy Spirit can do that. It's a wonderfully encouraging thing, even though, even though there's darkness surrounded by it. There's such a passion for so many people to reach out to our local community. And it's been so encouraging to hear uh, this year so many stories of people who have not just been keen to know Jesus, but to follow him and to actually put that into action. Which brings us to the third part of this exhortation. Let us, it's a call for God's people to not just walk in the light of the world as individuals but as a community, a community. You see that distinction? Often a crisis brings this kind of dynamic into view. Uh, Earlier this year uh, we hosted uh, the memorial service for young Ashley Rose and and the flood of offers to help uh, make that time happen and, and things around that were just really endless. Even in the midst of something as tragic as uh, Ashley's passing and death, there was a beauty in the way God's people came together to do whatever was needed to help the family and the community in grief. Yes, people used their gifts and their skills, but it wasn't the focus, was it? The focus was on that shared purpose, the common goal. I wasn't here the year when um, the famous hailstorm tore through Barara on the night of the carols. But people haven't forgotten about it. And and, and as I've witnessed with the carols being put together and Anne and the team, uh, just the amount of planning that goes into an event like that. But the way in which everyone has pivoted, put aside all that stuff. All the musicians didn't have to play an instrument that night, I'm assuming. They weren't sitting there strumming away at the barbecue. They all put it, they just made this barbecue happen for the whole of Barara. they switched. They said, there's a need here, and we can address that need. There was a shared purpose. What can we do in this moment? And as I've looked back and I, on the year that's been, and I've got to know our church community, I'm so thankful to the Lord for his light, for his rich blessings for people like Ben or the four people from the youth ministry who made commitments to follow Jesus at Big Camp this year. I'm so thankful for the love that we have for Jesus, the love we have for his word, our desire to put our faith in action. I'm so thankful to see the encouragement that so many members are keen to walk in the light of the Lord. But one of the areas I thought it would be good for us to focus in on as we finish, as we think about what next year might look like, is one of the things I think God can help us to continue to grow in is for us to think more carefully, perhaps, about what it means to walk in the light of the Lord together. That is, not just individually individually, So, what would it look like if that dynamic that we saw on the night of the hailstorm or at the memorial service for Ashley or something like that, that sense of unity, that shared purpose, putting aside personal preferences, what would it look like if we saw more of those kind of examples of a rallying together and that's not just reacting to a local crisis or tragedy, but in light of a renewed sense of urgency of the spiritual crisis? that exists around us. So imagine for a moment if all the power went out in Barara, Barara Heights, Moody, Moody, Brooklyn, Cowan, Mount Keringai and even if Mark Franklin couldn't distribute enough (laughs) generators around the town imagine if the only place that you could get power would be St Mark's Barara and that power was unlimited what would we do now, I know the people here at St. Mark's, not as well as some people, but I'm starting to get to and I know exactly what we would do. We would drop everything we had planned and do everything that we could to use what we have here at St. Mark's to get out to our community. We would open up the building for people to come and charge battery, put things in the fridges, or whatever it is. we'd open up the kitchen so people would, I don't know if we have hot showers here, but if we did, we'd offer them Spiritually, the vast majority of the people who live in Barara, Barara Heights, Cowan, Brooklyn, Moonee Moonee, Mount Kuringai, and beyond, they're still without power. They have no light. There's darkness. It's a blackout. There's twelve to 15,000 people. So how would we walk in the light of the Lord together here at St Mark's if we saw our church community this way? A source of limitless power, of limitless light that we walk in together that draws people. What kind of things would we make a priority? What would we let go of? I would love it Next year was a year where we learnt and prioritised afresh, perhaps, what it means to grow together. Grow together as God's people as we walk in the light together. Let me pray. Father, we give you great thanks for the light that you have shone in the darkness of our lives and that you have blessed this community with over many, many years. We ask that you'll help us to be a community that continues to walk in the light, a community that radiates that light into the darkness around us. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. We're going to sing now in response, and after that, uh, I'm going to share a few more uh, reflections uh, and some things about the year ahead uh, and... Uh, before we have a few more songs and finish our time together. So let's uh, stand.